Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Shear from Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your host today, and I'm here with Rob Guvermont. And Rob is a great guy. He is a TC grad, and for those of you that don't know, that's Teen Challenge graduate. He was at the farm in Lambeth, graduated there in the program, the one-year program. He is a newly married, young, handsome guy to a beautiful wife, Christian woman, stayed on with Teen Challenge, and is working there as a community support worker. Correct, yeah. Awesome. Good to have you here today, Rob. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Dave. I'm glad we had a moment to pray before we started, yeah. and I feel great about it. Um, do you want to start telling us your story? Yeah, so I grew up in Windsor, and I had the privilege of growing up with four brothers. One of them is my twin brother. So Wait a minute, there's two of you? There's two of oh, me. Oh, boy. We're not a, we're, <laughs> un, unfortunately, we're not identical. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I grew up with both my mom and my dad. They had a, a, a difficult relationship having five boys, and there was often a, a lot of my memories were about arguments, but we did have a really good childhood. And earlier on, uh, my mom would take us to church. We'd go to Catholic church. I remember doing like my communion and all that stuff, but never really having any connection to God. Mm-hmm. Didn't understand it. And, you know, going there and, and listening to that and then going home and then seeing that, there was like really you know, no fruit mm-hmm. from that. So like there was really no connection to God when I was growing up. And I got in a lot of fights and I started using drugs early. Uh, I was in grade school and I started using drugs. Started with pot and got kicked out of a couple schools. Mm-hmm. And once I started using Oxycot when I was in grade nine. Wow. And once that, once I opened that door, it just opened the door to trying other things. And mm-hmm. you know, the next three years I was just trying everything, hallucinogens, and I uh, ended up flunking out of, of high school, and I got into cocaine. Mm-hmm. And I think around 17 is when I knew that I wanted to change, but I wasn't ready. And I, I think through my seeking change, I, I sought God. I, I, I did end up going to that Catholic church, and I was seeking. And I developed a lot of mental illness through trying to get off the drugs. And when I was 17, I spent that whole year just mess. Oh, I Just get a it. mess. I totally get that. And delusional. Mm-hmm thinking things that aren't there, like really uh, spiritual things that mm-hmm. I could look back and say those were spiritual attacks. And yes. that was that was really hard on my family. I would do crazy things. I remember trying to kill myself several times, sticking knives into the socket. Like electrical sockets. Electrical and, yeah. socket. And I would do that, the lights would go off, and then I'd take the knife out, the lights would go back on. And like oh. just not sure what was real and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. And around this time, I, I, I remember going to the one service and I felt all this guilt. I felt all this remorse for all the things that I'd done, and I wanted to change. And I went to the, went to the priest, and I remember him praying for me. And I remember these flashes of light go over my eyes, mm-hmm. and I felt like that was. I don't know. Looking back, it was like I felt like God's wing just like covered me. Yes. Later, I ended up in the psych ward. And I met this girl, she was a born again Christian. That's how she introduced mm-hmm. herself. And she said she wanted to pray for me and she put her hand on my shoulder and that same flash of light, almost like there was there was a split up light. Like there was, yep. you know, that was one of my first experience uh, God in my life. So that was at 17. So then I got kicked out of my house. And then uh, when I was 20, my mom passed away. Oh boy. And my addiction took a turn for the worse. I started smoking crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. 
I started just stealing everything from everyone, people that I loved. And I had a friend, he was breaking into churches at the time and started breaking into churches with him. I ended up going to this one church and I met the pastor. This was during the day I was going to check out this church and uh, I was with my then girlfriend. I was just curious and then, uh, so the pastor met me. He knew something was wrong. He knew I was struggling Yeah. and he got it out of me. I told him that I was a trick to the crack and uh, he invited me in. he sat me down and he said you know God doesn't want this for your life like he he wants you to be free from addiction he has he has another way for you mm -hmm. and uh, he asked me if I wanted to invite Jesus into my into my heart and so I prayed this prayer I prayed what would you, you would call the sinner's prayer but I didn't fully believe it in my heart and then he said God's not gonna let you get away with anything anymore and I didn't hear that at the time he, he like that just went in one ear and out the other yep. and then over the next eight months I got arrested ten times mm -hmm. every time I had all these all these little things all these little missions that I that I did so many times and every time the cops were right around the corner mm -hmm. and so my last charge like I was I was on a couple of sureties and a bail or something I was something ridiculous where like this was it like they weren't they shouldn't have let me out and I'm in the bullpen waiting to go to court and get down on my knees and I pray to God. I said, God, if you, if you help me out of this, I'll, I'll get help. Yeah. I'll, ch I'll change. And uh, when I got into the courtroom, I, I've never been met with such kindness from the court. Like, wow. usually they would be hard, they, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it was just met with compassion. And judge said, you know, Mr. Rumont, we understand that you've been struggling with your addiction for a long time and that your mom recently passed away. And we know that you've been trying to get into this one rehab center, and we're willing to give you one last chance. And mm -hmm. like, this is your last chance, Mr. Gubermont. Yeah. And he said, do you want to get help? And I almost cried, like, and I felt the presence of God there. Wow. Like, I, I felt God Absolutely. was in that room for the first mm -hmm. time. So and you're, sorry, you're going from from the bullpen, which for people listening is hold, holding. It's a holding cell, yeah. Cell before you get up up into the court yeah. court area. And on in the bullpen, you got on your knees and prayed. Yeah. And And... What was the nature of that? Asking God for help? I just, yeah, I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you went into the courtroom and the atmosphere was very unusual yeah. compared to what you were, had experienced yeah. before. A lot of compassion, warmth. and I couldn't understand it. Mm -hmm. I, I was thinking, why are these people being so nice to me right now? Yeah. And did you know in your heart at that time that was God that had changed things there? Was I don't think things? so. No. I, I think it gave me hope, yep. but in hindsight, like after I accepted Christ, I realized that, that, that mm -hmm. yeah, that was God. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And so, because of my last charge, I couldn't go back to my old place, and so I ended up being homeless, and I was able to go into the Salvation Army Rehab Program, mm -hmm. and uh, it was a 40-day program, and about 20 days in, I have this dream, and it's like the end of the world, and it was like an infestation of angels coming down, mm -hmm. and they were coming down and they were grabbing people by their collars and they yep. were taking off like lightning. Wow. And there were swarms of them, like people were afraid, like it's how it would describe an angel in the Bible, like right. when they say don't be afraid, like they were terrified and like they were Yeah, not, a, not an angel looking. playing a harp and singing with a no. glow around, you know, yeah. the typical Hollywood angels, right? yeah. but a serious angel. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so this one came down and stood right in front of me. He's about 12 feet tall, uh, armored. He had two sets of eyes and mm -hmm. they started lighting up and like going back and forth into each other. Mm -hmm. And there was like this beam that looked through me. Yes. And I, as soon as it went in me, like I knew I was guilty. Mm -hmm. And this hole opened up behind me and sucked me in to the ground. Wow, what a dream. Yeah. yeah. 
And I woke up terrified thinking about that. And like I knew I was a sinner. I knew I was guilty. I knew I needed saving. Mm -hmm. And I thought about the prayer that I I had said uh, with the pastor. And so I went in my room. I got down on my knees and I asked God to come into my life. I said, come into my heart. I don't want to hurt my family anymore. I don't want to be a drug addict anymore. And I felt God's presence coming to me. I felt the warmth, like the whole room warmed up. It felt like a fireplace turned on in the room. I knew I was saved. I felt this change. And either the next, that night or the next night, I had this dream where I was floating in midair mm-hmm. and we were holding hands with millions of people like a fishing net. Wow. So you're on a beach and mm-hmm. the sun's coming up. Well, we were just floating in midair and the sun was coming up on wow. us. Wow. Beautiful. So yeah, that's before I ever read any scripture, and I, I later read in scripture that the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net. Yes. And when it's time, God is gonna send the angels, and they're gonna they're gonna separate the good fish from the bad fish, and like yeah. that just blew my mind. That, <laughs> like I had that dream, and I ended up staying about three months as a live-in alumni at that program. And at um, Challenge. No, at the, at the Salvation at Army. The Salvation Army. At the Salvation Army. Salvation Army. In London. In London. Yeah, okay. And. I was gracious enough to get a house arrest for all those charges mm-hmm. and uh, they could see the change. Wow. And so I was on house arrest for six months. I wasn't far from the Salvation Army, so I was able to go to meetings. Uh, but at the same time, it was a bad neighborhood yeah. and I didn't go back to church. I was more involved with, with uh, the 12 steps than I was uh, with church. Mm-hmm. And sooner or later, I ended up using again. I stayed clean for about nine months. Yep. But in all this time, I, I started having a relationship with my dad. So my, my dad had cut me off when I was 17. I was kicked out and didn't trust me. And so after this, he started inviting me to come back and I'd spend my summers there and we started having a relationship. And I had all my family back in my life and I was just so overwhelmed with joy. Like that was God's grace. Like I, I never thought I could have my family's trust back. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, be a brother and be a son and, and just have that, you know. I, I just thought that was lost and like God brought that back for me. That's amazing. What a miracle. Yeah. So my first summer I ended up staying uh, in Quebec and unfortunately I started using. I met this girl mm-hmm. and one thing led to another and I, I was I was using again and I got into opiate. So I went back to Windsor. That was my cycle for two years. I, I, yes. I was using and, you know, something happened that like I, I wouldn't be here if it didn't happen, so I'm gonna share it. Mm-hmm. At the end of that two years, before I went to Teen Challenge, I had a couple jobs, I was working under the table. I, I felt like I was doing great. I was, I was going to men's group at mm-hmm. my church. I was involved with church and service. I was actually one of two churches. There was another church that I went at at night, so I was going to two services. For some reason, one night I had drugs, I had money on me, and I went downstairs and I, I stole some money mm-hmm. from my pastor's purse. Yeah. And it just like, it was like a, just a habitual thing or like mm-hmm. it just happened and a week went by and it was the night before the men's Bible study and I felt so bad. So I called my pastor up, I, I told her what I did and she said, Rob, I forgive you. And when she said, I, I forgive you, I felt like a nice a knife had pierced my heart mm-hmm. and like I, I knew what God's grace was right there. And then she wasn't mad, she wasn't angry. She said, Rob, I want you to pray to God tonight about how to get my money back. And I want to see you tomorrow night. So I prayed and God told me to pawn my watch. I went and pawned my watch. I got exactly 50 bucks that uh-huh. I took from her. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I pawned a few things in my life. You know, that grace has an impact on me today that, mm-hmm. that she showed me. And uh, so we met 
She told me about Teen Challenge mm -hmm. again. She had told me about Teen Challenge when I first met her, and I kind of laughed at the thought of going yeah. to a rehab center for a year with a bunch of guys. Yep. So she said, I don't, I don't want you to make a decision right now. I, I said, she said, uh, I want you to go home and pray about it. Mm -hmm. So I went home and I prayed about it, and I said, God, if, if you want me to do this for a year, I need to hear your voice. I need to know it's from you. God said that it's, it's your destiny to go to Teen Challenge, that mm -hmm. your real life is going to start there, and I have something that you can't even fathom. That's all I needed to hear. At the time, I was on all these medications from my previous mental illness, and at the time, I, I couldn't take those medications in the program. They wouldn't let you go in the program. Yes. So I got surrounded by prayer. I asked my mentor to pray for me as I was weaning off, and mm -hmm. I haven't needed any prescription pills for mental illness since then. Wow, amazing. Yeah. So then I entered the program in uh, 2011. Then I ended up staying on for an extra year and a half as an intern, as a community support worker. And then it was called duty staff, but I got a love for, you know, serving the guys there and working with them and helping them and giving back. When that ended, stayed in London for a little bit. I got laid off from my one job, mm -hmm. and then I headed back to Windsor. I was supposed to start a plumbing apprenticeship, and long story short, that, that didn't end up happening. Yep. Uh, I ended up getting laid off that winter, and I hadn't been attending church as much as I should have. Mm -hmm. So that's all it took. Like I started gravitating towards my old friends. My addiction decided to double down. Yep. And it got real bad real quick. It was terrible in a month. It was like double. Mm -hmm. as bad as like ever so i decided to do a refresher at teen challenge yeah and uh, that was a six-month refresher at the end of that six-month refresher i ended up leaving to to go to quebec where my dad was uh, having surgery for cancer you know because of that refresher i was able to to be strong for my dad be the son that he needed mm -hmm. then so I ended up staying with him for a month. He got better. He fought cancer for the next three years. You know, in that three years, I believe I, I was able to minister to him. Yeah, so this was three years ago. He passed away. Mm -hmm. And the night that he passed away, my stepmom called and told me that my dad passed away. And I had this dream. I'm sitting in this waiting room, and I could see this doctor on the other side of this wall. Mm -hmm. And my dad's in a bed. And he's talking to the doctor and the doctor comes into the waiting room and he says, your dad made a full recovery, but you can't come over here right now. That like just melted my heart and I think I needed that dream. You know, my dad wasn't a, a religious man. He didn't go to church, but he believed. Yes. He believed in God mm -hmm. and that's what mattered. Is that what the dream meant to you? Yeah. That yeah. he was saved by grace. Nice. Thinking back about, you know, the things that my dad shared with me. He had all the reason to be mad at me at, at this point where he was telling me this. But he told me that he prayed for me every night. Like, this was when I was in, like, really deep trouble. But he, he yeah. told me that he prays for me every night. Every night. One time he gave me this uh, cutout from the paper. It was uh, the footprints. Footprints. Home. Mm. I wasn't a believer then. I put it in my wallet and it didn't mean much to me. I, I had read it, but... But man, when I was a believer and I read that, like, mm -hmm. that just meant so much to me. Did you, did you find it? Find the, the clipping? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. From your dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was three years ago. And a few months later, one of my best friends from Teen Challenge, he died. I don't know if it was a, 
if it was related to drugs. We, mm -hmm. He had other conditions. and Yes. So like that, that sent me back to mm -hmm. a relapse. I got into a really dark place when I was living in Ottawa. And I remember, I remember trying to overdose. Mm -hmm. And I had some experience where like, I felt like I crossed over. I felt this one vision I had, I was just pure energy laying on this bed. And there was these two angels next to me came back. And I don't know how I could try it again. And I tried it again. And God was saying no. Mm -hmm. And this time, like I got so high and I got up and I, I could hear Holy Spirit calling me to my Bible. Like I ran from my Bible and I like I felt this fear mm -hmm. and I, I don't know what I read, but whatever I read, it just snapped me out of everything. So I, I decided uh, I'm, I'm going to go go back to recovery and I, mm -hmm. so I start going back to meetings. All these Teen Challenge people started coming back in my life. It's I funny met, how that happens, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I met this this one lad and I met him at my first meeting and he was a friend of a friend mm -hmm. and he was in a 30-day program and he was looking for something a little more serious. So I told mm -hmm. him about Teen Challenge and he thought about it and I told him if he was serious that I would drive him down. And so some time had passed and because of my whole relapse, there was you know, some, some issues at work and my bosses decided they, they wanted to, to lay me off to part-time. But they, they said they were, they wanted to keep me on to the end of the summer. So, mm -hmm. but this is like after I'd been in recovery and it's just like, it was mm -hmm. just a, a result of the things that had happened. So, but they were gracious enough to, to let me stay on to the end of the summer. So like that, there, that, that grace was like, I didn't deserve I should have been let go mm. for the things like yes. like I was I would just show up to work a mess and mm -hmm. working on milling machines like a mess and you know so just things that that I should have just probably mm -hmm. should have been let go but there was God's grace again and that's amazing um, you know we keep going and we make our mistakes because we keep trying yeah and that seems to be something you you've been doing too but today how are you doing I'm doing great it's fantastic yeah. You know, and, and that's your testimony, your story is awesome because there's a lot of people that will be able to relate to that, including yeah. myself. Yeah. I can't relate to these stories where they tell me, kaboom, there was a lightning bolt and a bunch of trumpets sounded and I've never had a problem since. Yeah. Because that's not my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's what God expects. But God is good. God never lets us down. He's always there, ready with open arms. Eh? Mm -hmm. I'm so blessed to, to know you and know what you're doing now. You're... And you're, you're at Teen Challenge right now working I, I am, yeah. and helping other young men in ministry. You and your wife have some type of program that's on pause right now. Yeah. That is, what, what is it Grace called? Grace Revival. Grace Revival. Yeah. And that's internet? It's uh, online testimonials, yeah. Uh, awesome. It's amazing. So yeah. let's see what, where God is taking you. Do you have anything as a message that you would like to leave? I, I didn't sort of spring this on you. To our listeners that are listening, something meaningful to yourself that might mean something to someone else. You know God made me a promise that he's never going to let go of me. Mm -hmm. And that promise is for everyone. Amen. And, you know, no matter how many mistakes you make, no matter how bad you think you have messed it up, you're still a child of God. Mm -hmm. And your dad still loves you. Amen. Well, thank you very much for being with us today, Rob. Thanks for having me, Dave. Like, it's fantastic. I love you, bro. Love you too, man. And I love your, your openness and your honesty and your humility. And, like, you do, it doesn't get any better than that. That's, all, that's the number one thing I, I want appreciate to that. say. All right, bro.
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.